Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Episode number 108 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me this week, I have Dustin Galker, or Dustin Gorker, if you want to go with the Dave Portnoy pronunciation of his uh, of his last name. And that is going to be it. It's a dual pod this week. If you want to follow Dustin on the Twitter machine, and you should, it is free, at Dustin Galker. And if you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. We will talk about... A very interesting investment in one of the newcomers in the market. We'll talk about what's going on in Ohio. We'll have a a celebration for one state that is officially official and another branded sports book coming to a state near you pretty soon. But let's go ahead and start out with our friends up north, Dustin and uh, Canada. We have something to celebrate up there. Well, at least preliminary, preliminarily celebrate up there. I assume Adam is just insulting the, the Canadians by not being here for the for the, the revelation <laughs> that legal sports betting is coming to Canada. That's not, not at all the case. He loves, loves all Canadians. I, I know this for a fact. But uh, what they did, we've been talking about this for weeks, but the, the parliament finally uh, got to a final final vote and passage of the of the bill that would uh, repeal the ban on single game wagering before, as you know, probably Canada only had parlay betting. So this is much the same dynamic as the United States has. Supreme Court case allowed states to regulate sports betting. This basically opens up Canada to having letting provinces do exactly what they want when it comes to sports betting. And uh, you know, we we already know several provinces are going to take take this up uh, in very short order. So you're going to see single game wagering coming to Canada. You know possibly by the end of the year, actually not even possibly, probably at least in some provinces here. Uh, the only step left is royal assent, which set, which is basically a formality I'm, I'm told what <laughs> in the Canadian legislative process. So it's coming uh, rejoice. Uh, this is, this is big news for Canada and opens up the sports betting market much like it did last uh, three years ago now. And from what I saw, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I saw celebrations coming from all of the players in the industry that you would assume were going to be involved here. So I got the, you know, I saw the DraftKings Sportsbook and FanDuel Sportsbook and everybody was saying like, oh, congrats, here we are, whatever. So I assume from what we know right now, we would we can only assume that basically everybody that's in play down here that the majority of them will at least be looking to to get in up there as well. Yeah, the big one is Ontario. This is the 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 most population. Something forty percent of the population of, of Canada is Ontario. They are opening up not just to sports betting, but uh, looks like online casino and poker either as soon as later this year or, or sometime early next year. So that is what that is. That is why everybody's excited. It's like it's this mm-hmm. is again not gonna it's not open season everywhere in Canada tomorrow. It's but Ontario is going to be a wide open, fairly competitive market by all by all accounts, especially with you know, the Ontario Gaming Commission. Not the actual name of it, but like the people who regulate mm-hmm. gaming there have, have like laid it out, and it's going to be a competitive market. So all these big companies like they believe, and and there's no reason not to believe that you know you're a licensed entity in other other places you're going to get into Ontario and it's going to be a free for all. It's not, I don't think it's quite a 
unlimited, but like everybody's going to get in. So yes, that's why you saw basically you know everybody from DraftKings to MGM score, which is you know, obviously uh, touts its its Canadian mm-hmm. presence and, and, and penetration into the Canadian market. Everybody's excited for that. So and beyond, so Ontario, that's the proximate opportunity for everyone. But you know, there's other provinces are going to just like in US going to start looking at what they want to do. Uh, I think we know British Columbia, and this is not as good of news if you're in BC, but it's just going to be through the lottery. It's going to be well, like here. I have here in Oregon, it sounds like it's not going to be a wide open market quite yet. Uh, Alberta sounds like it's going to be similar in that respect. It's just going to be just going to be a single operator through the lottery. So the hope is, you know, either these become eventually competitive markets, they see the folly of that, or mm-hmm. other in other provinces. There's, you know, some of them are, sm- are relatively small, like, but but all of that would add up into, you know, a big market. And Ontario, and it's it's worth pointing out, Ontario. This is why they're excited too. Ontario is bigger than any single state that has legalized so far. Uh, other than you know, New York, we have Florida, have those aren't quite here. But like right now, if Ontario launched tomorrow, it would be bigger than any state in terms of addressable population. So that's why everyone's excited. You have a come, you have a chance to come in and start flat footed, and everybody's on a competitive marketplace. So it's a it's an exciting opportunity for, for much of the industry and one that everyone. We uh we actually have several Canadians that work in our company, uh, Julian and Ryan and Dan, amongst uh, many of them up there. So uh, they finally have something to finally have something to do now, Dustin. I mean, like we basically just been keeping them on the sideline, you know, in, in hopes that something was going to happen up there in Canada. But now they're, they're, they'll actually have some work to do up there. Yeah, the ho- the hockey betting, I think, will be exciting. <laughs> uh, you know, we always kind of poo poo the hockey betting down here. But I think, you know. There's going to be an opportunity for an exciting product up there. You know, iterate the product a little more for hockey, trust on, on the live betting options and and whatnot. It's going to be, it's going to be. You know, we, we, I think it's dangerous to just say Canada is an exact comp of us. It's definitely, it's you know, it's mm-hmm. got some you know, some fan tendencies like we do. It's got some fan tendencies like the UK, but hockey and soccer are clearly going to be much bigger uh, in Canada, I think, than they are here in the US. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like does, does an ontario market well with open sports betting what does it does it look like a u.s state in terms of how everything works how how much do people love to bet on the nfl and the nba and major league baseball up there or is is hockey or hockey and soccer going to be the big ones up there uh you know i think obviously there's we know from a fan perspective like there's there's some i think there's it's, it's a different market but we'll see yeah. so it'll be but it'll be interesting to see what how the product iterates people are going to you know I don't think you just want to roll a U.S. sports book out. I don't know what you think, but like, I think you want a yeah. little bit of a differentiated product when you're going into into Canada. Not not you have some French speakers even up there uh, right. as well. Not, not not talking Quebec quite yet, but that's that's coming. So I, it'll be curious to see how you know we talk about a pretty. It's a pretty homogenous product here in the U.S. Uh, but is it is, is there what's different when you do it in Canada to address that market? That'll be interesting. <laughs> So we got uh, some news come down that, you know, look, we heard something floating a couple of weeks ago, Dustin, that said that maybe ESPN was going to be looking into getting branded sports books. And, you know, it would only take someone to go back and listen to, you know, uh, 18 months ago on this podcast uh, of us talking about that exact very thing that there were you know, of the people that were still left out there to come in and actually make some noise and who might actually be able to to get some penetration in the market and get some market share. We 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 said ESPN, right, because we were like, hey, look, that is a major, huge sports brand, easily recognizable, trusted by people, you know, especially 
people you and I's age who have been basically grew up on ESPN when it came to sports and things like that. Well, one of the other brands out there that I guess I kind of just looked over and glossed over it just because it had lost at least a little bit of prestige from when you and I were children was Sports Illustrated. And, you know, SI.com has still survived as a as a web entity and they had brought on some some gambling content onto the website as well well we got some uh some interesting news come down a couple of days ago yeah so 888 partnered with uh the owners of sports illustrated to the, to be the brand of the the sports book so the first going to launch is going to happen in colorado uh, that online sports book will be the first one they have uh launching uh, market access for a few other states, they said. So, you know, this is 888 that's been around in the U.S. and kicking around in New Jersey for a while, but the 888 brand, I think we all, big, pretty big brand overseas, mm-hmm. not a, a really recognizable brand over here. So, uh, you know, this is, this instantly gives them, you know, something more recognizable than the 888 brand. You, you and I tell, I mean, if we're not talking in industry circles, nobody knows what an 888 is over here, right? That, so that's, that, that's part of it. So, so this gives them, some brand visibility and I'll, and I'll flip this right back to you. And th- this is the question I have. Like we've seen, we've talked about all these media partnerships, leveraging Barstool as a sports book. There's mm-hmm. lots of this going on to me. I don't know. Like I know that we, we both know the, the SI brand. Does the SI brand really, what does it do for you? I mean, they can, they, they talk about, they have 30 million monthly active users still on the site is a lot, but like the SI brand to me is, it's just not the same as it was like SI was, I mean, right. you know, it was it was like almost synonymous with ESPN, I'd say, in some respects at one point in time in history of sports media. But it's not it is definitely not that anymore. It's been, you know, it's been sold. It's not it's just not, you know, they, the the magazine is not, you know, a must have, must read thing. Right. You know, the, the site is is a perfectly good site that gets a lot of traffic. But what it like I don't know. To me, like what do you what do you see out of this? I feel like I don't know, you're paying for a brand, you, you're you're getting an increased brand exposure, but it feels like anything that you're paying for is a little bit of overpaying because I don't know how right. like, how how great is this for like converting a sports it, I, I don't think it's that great, but I'm I'm willing to be told wrong. I agree with you on on two on both aspects of, of points that you're making here. One I mean, does it have more brand recognition than 888? Absolutely. You and I know what the weight of an 888 because we've been in gaming for so long and we understand what that's all about. But the casual person has absolutely no connection whatsoever to 888. And with that, I think that getting a, a conversion to a place like 888 has been has been pretty hard, I think, for the for those guys. You know, I mean, when you look at trying to get people to leave the DraftKings and FanDuel's and MGM's and even Barstool, if we want to go there of the world where it's these, you know, if, if it's the two DFS brands, they've been getting beat over the head with commercials for the last you know eight years about those. If it's MGM, obviously synonymous with gaming across the United States, Barstool of a certain age bracket, you know, synonymous just with with sports and things like that or whatever. But uh, Sports Illustrated, I think for you and I, it's more of one of those we get a nostalgic feel. Yeah. But I don't get any present day feel like like, you know, like ESPN is still to me like, OK, I still go to ESPN.com all the time. I still watch ESPN all the time. Like it is still as front and center to me today as it was 20 years ago. Sports Illustrated, I look back on it and I'm like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and like I would ask for a subscription to Sports Illustrated. And so it's like it's more of a nostalgic type thing for me than it is like a a a real needle mover in today's, you know, in 2021 as we sit here and record this. 
Yeah, I get the same. And yeah, like I don't know, like, is, yeah, is, is there any kind of brand loyalty to a Sports Illustrated? I mean, yeah, like I'm looking, I'm looking at their like the writers just alone. Like, there's not mm. like, and this is not to offend people. Like, I, who knows who I am? For, right. For instance, but like, but like the list of writers other than Pat Forty is like, I don't know. It's not a whole lot going on at, in terms of like great writers yeah. who where like, it used to be huge... just all star after all star after yeah, all star. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You and I would like, uh, yeah. you could, like any story, right? Oh, I know who that is. That guy. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of like. It's it's different. It's not. It's just not the same. So I yeah. And I, I don't. I don't want this to be a bashing SI and deal. I think there's value in the deal. And if you're eight eight eight, you have to do something. You're seeing everybody else do something. You can't just if you want to want to deploy the eight eight brand out there. Are you like you're? I think you're just going to have trouble doing it. So this 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 is this is like a Penn National. Like uh like we can't run with the whole Hollywood brand everywhere. We need something to deal with yep. Barstool. Um, and the story at, Brad, at, um, at uh, LSR by Brad you know, kind of points all this out, too. Like, we have yet to see a media partnership really become, you know, you know the biggest one is Fox. Like, Fox Sports yeah. is, is all behind Foxbet. Um, uh, but, like, that's their, uh, they're, I mean, they're nowhere big, big, as big as FanDuel. They're an also-ran in most markets, you know, sometimes five, sometimes lower. They're just, it's, that, and that's probably the best example. And Barstool, same way. Like, Barstool, we've talked about ad nauseum on here a three and number four. And that's, you know, that, that's, is that already their high watermark without doing more? I don't know. Like, so, you, so you look at the recent history of these deals and then you see, okay, SI, like, okay, it's better than zero, the zero brand recognition right. has, but like, if those are your, if your ceiling is against bar, Barstool, Foxbet, the score, which is another one that hasn't mm. really penetrated much in the U S like what, like your, your, your ceiling is not those things. Your ceiling is below that. So what is, I don't know. Like you know, again, this is a this is a UK company that's an overseas company that is, you know, used to doing this. They 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 can do this, yes. But like, what is that? What they have to do something different in marketing. They now they have the brand. What else can you do on top of that to claim market share and get a, get him part of market share? I don't know. Just look. You look at the recent history of of these media deals. Everybody's trying to in some ways replicate the Skybet model. Like take that what what worked in the UK. Is this the one? I don't think so. But again, it's it, it's. I don't know. I'm not. Stop, I'm not. It's, it didn't really. You know. It's a. It seems like a big headline. And then you're like, eh, I don't know. It's. A, it's not. It's again for eight eight eight. It's additive. Like I don't. They gave yeah. up some equity. They're paying money for this. You know. And the other part we haven't even gone into when I when I when we talk about new new people getting into this and even ESPN. Like the map is starting to look hard. If you're somebody who's not already in have market mm -hmm. access deals, like you're not getting into like you're not getting into New York. I don't think you're not getting into Florida unless. You know, uh, we should actually probably talk about Florida here on the fly as well, but uh, not in the show right now. But you're like you're you're waiting. You're basically on some a few states that have pretty wide open markets: Colorado, New Jersey. There's still room to get in Indiana, Iowa, Tennessee. But you're like these big states, and you know are, are states where all the dance partners are already kind of can't. There's no way to get in Pennsylvania, for instance. Uh, Michigan's getting is like I don't maybe maybe they're going to find a way in Michigan, but like like the dance like and that, like and then you talk start taking this forward to an ESPN, which is even mm -hmm. going to be further behind if they ever get off their ass and do a sports book. Like your, your, your map starts looking hard to get like a critical mass of users. Like, okay, you're cobbling to like, again, like eight, eight cobbling together, Colorado, New Jersey, Indiana, Iowa. Okay. That's not bad, but you're also not instantly going to be number one or two in any of those States. And you don't have access. You're not going to have access to some other yeah. big States. Like it's just, he's, if you're, and that's not CS can't change. We have like a 365 sitting in the wings. Like maybe there's waiting for people to fail and like they'll come in and 
and swoop up licenses or, or what have you. But there's the map looks hard for you, like if for, for new sports betting ventures in terms of just getting in. And that's not even on top of, you know, then getting in and trying to take market share away from anybody who's already pretty well established in this. Like, I don't know. So there's a lot, yeah. a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, I think the only holy cow thing left for me would be ESPN and whatever they end up deciding to do. It's like, like you said, with the inroads that that it takes to get going these days, it's almost like in their best interest as opposed to a partnership just to buy somebody out, right? Like, I mean, does ESPN, does Disney just buy out whatever points bet or something or, you know, like something like that and just where they're already in markets and they just go in and just completely rebrand it to, to ESPN right. and go from there or whatever. But yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let, let's do hit Florida real quick before we move on. Yeah, I mean, the news out today is uh, there's a, a ballot measure coming that's going to open up the market. They're still digesting this, I think, even as we speak, but it looks like it's coming. Uh, and this, you know, the, I mean, catch you up, Florida, like we know, Seminole Compact opens up sports betting for uh, for Hard Rock Digital, the, the digital arm of the Seminole tribe. They can also partner with, with uh, exterior, external sports betting. So this is a ballot measure to kind of open up the market a little bit more and it, it complicates things like uh, if it had, you know, this is not till you know, till next year, it looks like, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic and I, I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to play it. Does that make, you know, the tri the Seminole tribe less willing to work with these people that are now trying to take away their exclusivity? I don't know. I got, I'm, I'm sitting here digesting this news at the same time uh, as everyone else. So right. it's, it's uh, but it's interesting and we're like, okay, we're not done with Florida and there's all, you know, as we've said a lot of times in this podcast, there's a lot. This this could all. I mean, everything could get not happen in online betting, depending on what happens with the compact and federal approval. What happens if it gets stuck in court cases, um, based on the constitution there in Florida? And this is trying to, this this ballot measure would try to, uh, to do to deal with that. So it's uh, an interesting wrinkle in what's going on in Florida. We'll see what happens with that. But it is, it's uh, it's. It's there's something going on behind mm. the scenes, and we'll see what it means. Does it end up opening up Florida more so than it would be right now? Does it complicate things for the rollout of online sports betting in the short term in terms of of partnerships and deals? We'll see. It's a, but it's a it is a definitely an interesting wrinkle, and we're going to be following what happens there. I think you'll I think you'll see a story at LSR even by the time this podcast is on the air and on the site for for listening. We uh, we talk a lot about innovation and we love innovation here. We think that sports betting, you know, for the vast majority of the last several decades has not changed much at all. Now, legalization has brought across, you know, we've seen, you know, well, I just mentioned, boy, we'll take points bet, for example, who gives you an option, an optional way to bet. Like it's not incredibly popular, but it's there if you want to actually points bet. We've seen various, you know, promotions and different things with all the different books that are coming out. Well, this is a completely different way to go about actually sports betting with sport trade. We talked a little bit about them uh, a couple of weeks ago here on the pod as a quick refresher, it is an exchange as opposed to playing against the house. You're playing against somebody else who wants to match for a bet against you. And then they just take a vig off of that bet between you and another peer. Um, it seems like there are some people who are at least somewhat bullish on this because uh, we got some news of some money coming in. Yeah, uh, sport trade. And I'll, I'll say I've known these guys for a long time. They've been hustling. The guys who have developed been developing sport trade. So mm -hmm. I was happy to see see them do this. The thirty six million dollar funding round 
Um, NASDAQ involved Jim Murren, former CEO of MGM Resorts. Um, uh, it's, it's a, a lot of money. They're gonna, it's a lot of money to build the product. Um, and so there, it's a lot of people involved. It's a, it, it is a different product. I don't, uh, I, I've had a few internal conversations with people like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've even looked at the product yet, but it's, it's different. It's obviously different than yeah, the usual right. sports book. You're trading more like you're trading a, in a, in a financial uh, trading situation. It's, it's, it's trying to like do that and just like have a little, di- have a different experience. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that's, you know, I don't know. It's it, to me as a user, I, I don't love it. I'd rather just you know, bet the sports book um, yeah. and, or have a, a like, or a, even just a more normal exchange where you're doing the normal, but this is a, it's at least a differentiated product. So I don't want like it's, and it, this will be proof of concept. They finally have the money to go out there and market this, you know, get the market access. That's, I mean, we already talked about market access. I don't know what, what that, what the map looks like for them, but they're well capitalized now. So they have a chance of, of, of striking some market access deals that get them into the States that are, that are, that are interested. In them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I'll flip it back to you. What, what, like, you know, it's, it is, it's sports betting meets financial trading. That's the, that's the hook to this. Is, is this something that you think is interesting to you or to, casual sports bettors or maybe even people who are just fans of sports and maybe they think this is more interesting than betting on betting on a sports book. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess the sport trade runs into the same thing that we've talked a lot about with, with online poker, right? Because for something like this to succeed, you need liquidity because you need all the other people who are posting bets or taking the bets and all of the stuff like that, because you need other people. Whereas like you were talking about, you know, if I just bet the book, all I need is a connection to the book and that's it. And then I can make the bet and I'm, and I move on. There's nothing to it. But with, with something like this, you, you need, you need liquidity. And so, you know, will we ever get to a point where sports betting is, is nationally legalized and then people can kind of do what they want? You know, I don't know. We know that, I mean, you and I both know that's, that's very, very, very far down the line. If, if so, now I think something like this maybe could thrive in a scenario like that. Um, you know, look in a state like California, that's got 30 million plus people and it's where there's enough, enough people to go around to actually do stuff, you know, to, to make this work. I think that it, that it could for sure. But you know, if this was, let's put it this way, if, if sport trade was in Nevada, I would probably be sitting around all the time trying to get bets matched, right? Like there's just not enough people that live here. There's just not enough like liquidity. I don't think to, to have it succeed. So, you know, I, I think in a in super populous states, it's got a chance. But um, the other problem is just a learning curve, right? There is a learning curve involved into how to use this as well, which is, I think, one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to the exchanges is that it's fairly easy to understand once you realize what a money line is or what a what a spread is how to go in and pick up this phone and boom and place a bet and be, be done with it, you know, and and just move on. Like the learning curve of what an exchange is and how your bet actually gets done. And you know, what do you, what's, what's the, you know, how do they make money? Why are they allowing me to do this? And et cetera. So there's a learning curve involved with it as well, which I like you said, I think with this money they're getting, I can only assume or would only hope that education will also be part of, you know, their spend here for, for, you know, their marketing, because I think that that's another hurdle is just people not easily stepping in and being able to understand right away what, what's going on. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, right? It's a, it's mm-hmm. a differentiated product. It's different than, you know, again, again, talked about homogenized U S sports betting product. This is different. It's a mm-hmm. different product, but you have to teach people to do that. You have to, how to use it. You have to get the liquidity to make this work. 
And to be clear, they don't have big, but the, the commission on yes. the exchange. So it's, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, but I mean, they, they have a lot of money now, so there is a, yeah. there's a chance for them to succeed. This is, I this would is, love if it was it, available here. It's just, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I would love like me personally, but I'm, you know, a, a long time, fairly savvy sports better, right? Like I would love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's great when, you know, I'm sure the savvy sports betters in New Jersey can't wait and are probably licking their lips for, for something like this to launch. I just hope there are enough of those people to go around, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you know, and, and like I said, financial. I mean, there's a barrier to financial trading too. That's a little scary for people, right? Like it's, you know, in, like sports betting can be scary, but people like you know, you know, oh, you're betting on this team. Like, okay, now I'm trading shares and whether a team is going to win. Like that's a little, that's a little harder to yeah. for for people to digest. It's not, again, not to say this this model can't work and that somebody wants some a different experience and uh, capitalize on all these these day traders who uh, came in via Robin hood and like, they are like, Oh, this is cool. This is exactly like that. And I'm going to start doing the sports. Maybe it works. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a chance you have NASDAQ behind this uh, to, to some extent. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's at least interesting. I, I, I like my, my heart, I have a hard time in my brain wrapping myself like as a user, yeah. I try to separate myself from that and say, Oh, maybe, maybe this is a, this is an interesting product for, for a lot of people. And it could be, but mm-hmm. still had, there's still, a lot of questions for sport trade to answer, even with all that money that they've, that they've raised to, to get the critical mass and to get the access and start really getting people using the product around the country. Yeah. Like we said, we'll, we'll root like hell for them because we love di- differentiation. We love options for users and customers and things like that. And, you know, obviously the, the more options we have as a consumer, the better that there is out there. So, I mean, we'll root like hell for them and hopefully there'll be uh, the fa- enough the people founders are from The founders are from Philly too. So I'm rooting for there you go. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about another big state and another big fish here that we have talked about. And it's been seems like it's been a couple of years now that we keep bringing up Ohio. Uh, will our friends in Ohio be happy about what you have to say or no? Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of eh. I mean, the, the hope was that they were going to get this. They have like a week left in the, the summer mm-hmm. before they take a summer break in Ohio. And the Senate just passed to move the ball, build a house, and it doesn't look like the house has any interest in doing this. Like in the next week, they're they're like, oh, we need to look at this bill more. That being said, this is not dead. They come back in September. They meet for the rest of the year. They have planned, uh, a, a, you know, the the law specifically talks about an April one launch. So, so this is not the bad news. It's just like we, we're just like we've seen all this momentum in the last last couple months and weeks. Like, oh. Ohio, this this seems like a like a bad thing. Like it might even be a better thing because. Uh, you know, we've talked about the Ohio bills, what the changes to them. It's it's been a bit of a mess. Casinos don't love it there. There's like there's a lot of messiness with the they've tried to reinvent the wheel with the legislation there. And I think hopefully they actually like the house comes back, takes a closer look at it. They have we have okay, we have the fall to look at this. We'll it could still maybe launch in time for you know for uh, before the next NFL season. So anyway, not great news because you're not getting you're not guaranteed, but. This is you know, it's just pumping the brakes in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Come back to it, hopefully here in the fall. I get to something that's better for everybody in the state. Better, so we'll, we're on hold. Uh, you know, unless you know anything could change anytime. You know, there's, we've seen a lot of of quick progress, and we're going to talk about one of those states here in a second. But um, it's not great news, but also not the end of the world. It's going right. to slow down a little bit in Ohio, and hopefully see this happen. Uh, hopefully see the sports betting there. 
We talk about the big fish and Ohio certainly being one of those out there. This state might be more on the minnow side of things, but hey, look, we will take any sort of legalization that we can get. What is going on in Maine? Uh, and again, one of those flurries of activity that I don't think anybody saw coming. They, they, uh, the House and Senate approved sports betting legislation uh, late last week, uh, putting it on the uh, desk of Governor Janet Mills. Uh, if you're a longtime listener of the or reader of LSR, you will know Maine got to this step before uh, and uh, vetoed it in 2019. So we're we're not sure if things have changed, if you know whether the dynamic has changed, and we're going to see her. Uh, governor actually sign off on this this year we'll see i don't think this happens so quickly like kind of nobody saw it coming and and here it here it is in front of us and have short time relatively short time to sign the the bill uh so we'll know you know i guess maybe just the night before right after the fourth of july whether maine is going to have sports betting um actually june 30th is the date i look over my notes here so that's you'll know by the time we're recording this podcast next week you'll know whether sports betting is coming to Maine. Uh, yeah, not not a huge state, but this is a state that's that tried to take the step before. Um, obviously, you know, just New Hampshire has just DraftKings right now. Uh, Massachusetts is there's some progress there, but it's been dawdling. So this would be uh, you know real real first real big step into sports betting. You also have Connecticut possibly coming uh, as soon as early this year, but New England finally getting in the mix for sports betting. This happens and the governor signs. And finally, let's uh, let's head back to where I where I grew up and forgot so many of my best memories, uh, Dustin, in the great state of Louisiana. We know that back in the day, a couple of years ago, the state actually voted through DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports. That never actually got going in the state. All they 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 drug their feet on making the basically setting the tax rate and setting where the taxes were going to get distributed and all the different details that went along with actually getting DFS up and going. Well, we know this past election in November, they voted through sports betting and they at least did and went ahead with the will of the people and have moved things along here. Will we have sports betting in Louisiana in 2021? God only knows. I mean, <laughs> but we, uh, so we, this, we we can move Louisiana from the officialish category mm-hmm. to official because governor the governor signed the there's a package of three bills. Governor signed the last two bills, so we we know this is now officially happening in Louisiana now. Just like I mean, I think every state just by default says we're going to be live by NFL season. Right. Uh, this just happened. It's June 24th. Uh, NFL season is what like seventy something days away. Yeah. <sighs> I guess it could happen this year. Like there's, this is three different bills that the, the we have parish by parish. Not every parish is getting this. Like, I guess I could see some retail sports books up. I don't, I, and yeah, given the past difficulty with DFS, I guess I feel like, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen fast in Louisiana, but I, that's just my gut talking. Yeah. Like we, 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 we've seen States move, but varying paces. Tennessee took like a year and a half. Indiana moved in months, but like, we just got the sign literally like just the other day. So it's, and it's, it's hard to believe we're going to be like, Oh, you're going to be able to bet on every app in, in like beginning of September when NFL season starts. So right. could it, could it be later this year? Sure. But like, there's a lot, there's a lot to happen and every state's different. There's a lot happen from that law being passed to actually getting there. Talk about Arizona. Arizona is like continually saying, you know, they don't even have a tax rate or anything, but they're up oh, September 9th. We're going to be live. <laughs> right. Like uh, uh, that, which is wild. We don't really have, we don't have licensing. We don't, but like, if, I guess, yeah, like 
well, over two months, they say we're going to have dual sports betting in Arizona. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Louisiana. As we talked about, interesting market. A lot could be a lot of drive-in traffic. A lot of it's, it's, it's. But anyway, we move it from the official ish to the official category, and I, I can't tell you a time frame as as we sit here, but it is coming someday, and I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be like the DFS debacle. I, I, right, right. Um, 41 licenses there, uh, 20 casinos with two apiece and then one going to the lottery as well. Uh, you know, Caesars owns the big Harrow's Casino down in New Orleans, so they'll definitely be there. Bally's owns a couple of different casinos in Louisiana, so Bally's, you would assume, will also be there. And then I assume, and then again, just what we've seen, Dustin, with the way things have gone, these racetracks you assume then that probably adds in DraftKings and FanDuel and, you know, basically anybody else points, but whoever in the hell else maybe wants to to get involved within the state as well. Right. So it's kind of like we're looking at, I would assume with having 41 licenses that anybody that wants to play in the sandbox will be able to play. Yeah, that's good news. Created a fairly open market. That's yeah. I mean, 40 is not going to limit anybody who wants in. Like we haven't seen New Jersey max out. It has more, has more than 40 licenses available yeah. and skins. That hasn't stopped anyone. So you, yeah, in, in theory, there's nothing here stopping anybody. Like you know, the the only part is you know, the only th- weirdness is the nine parishes don't you're gonna geolocate yeah. so that you can't place bets within those different than uh, crossing a state line. You just have to do it on a parish by parish basis. So yeah, everybody's coming in. Uh, I'm sure they're all chomping at the bit. DraftKings and FanDuel, while you know, have asked, spent money trying to get legal legalized sports betting in Louisiana. You can bet there, there. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's, yeah, there's just because with, with all those licenses, everyone will be there. So happy days for your friends. You know, you're going to get a competitive market with all this. Trust me. And they they ask me weekly, when is it going to happen? I'm like, bro, chill out. It's happening at some point. I cannot tell you when. Just chill out. It's happening at some point. Uh, guys, as always, everything that we talk about here on the podcast, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. So please go in, read all of the great stuff that Adam and his team are doing over there. Read those written words. And again, you get more details than we can even talk about here on the podcast as well. If you want to follow Dustin on the Twitter, and you should, it's free at Dustin Galker on the Twitter machine. And if you hate me, if you hate yourself, you can go ahead and follow me. And uh, I gave it at the beginning of the podcast. So go ahead and uh, rewind if you want to hear whatever that Twitter handle is for sure. For Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.